Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be breaking down the week number two waiver wire ads for the 2023 fantasy football season, where we're talking through five running backs and five wide receivers, plus some honorable mentions, as well as three quarterbacks and three tight ends that I think you guys should be looking to add off of the waiver wire right now. Don't walk to the waiver wire. Run to the waiver wire to put your claims in. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel, and you do end up enjoying today's video, then you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below while you're down there. Whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure to leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And if you'd like my weekly rankings that are going to be on Patreon starting tomorrow, because that's when I can actually look at all the rankings for week number two, you can check that out in the Patreon for $7.50. I also answer every single question that is asked to me on the Patreon, even during my Start Sit live streams on Thursday and Sunday make sure to check that and answer all the questions on there. So without further ado, let's get into my week number two waiver wire ads for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with the running backs for week number two. My first running back ad of the week is Kyron Williams of the LA Rams going up against the San Francisco 49ers this week at home in LA. Kyron is currently rostered in 10.2% of ESPN League. So if you play an NFL, CBS, Sleeper, any of those other fantasy football platforms, then the ownership percentage is going to be slightly different. In some cases, though, there might be a wide margin in ownership. So ESPN might be 10% for Kyron Williams, then NFL could be like 60%, right? That's not necessarily the case, but that could happen in some scenarios. So running back nine in PPR on the week prior to Monday Night Football. So this video is being recorded and uploaded prior to the Jets and Bills game. Could a running back knock Kyron Williams out of the RB9 spot? Definitely, but he's still going to finish as a top 12 running back on the week, which is very impressive. In week one on Sunday, he went up against the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle, having 15 carries for 52 yards and two touchdowns, as well as two targets with zero receptions. In terms of a snap count, Kyron Williams dominated the snaps at the running back position 50 shades of gray style. Kyron got 65% and Akers had 35%. Now you might be wondering, Nick, if you have Cam Akers on your fantasy football team, are you in full-on DEFCON 5 panic mode? The answer would be no. No, I am not. While Cam Akers did get out-snapped by Kyron Williams, I am not 100% worried about the usage going forward. I think both of these guys are going to see carries on this team. Even in just 35% of the snaps, Akers had 22 carries. So he did out-carry Kyron Williams. The problem is... 22 carries for 29 fucking yards, and he got the bailout special of a century with a touchdown. So am I worried about Cam Akers? Somewhat. Am I in full-on panic mode? The answer would be no. Now, this matchup up against the 49ers is going to be tough. I think both of these running backs ultimately struggle in this situation up against a tough 49ers front. So if I have Cam Akers, I'm definitely picking up Kyron Williams. If I don't have Cam Akers, I would still pick up Kyron Williams because it appears he has some solid upside in this offense. And maybe this Rams offense isn't as garbage as we mostly previously believed. Now, again, don't overreact to week one. I talk about this a ton. I talked about this prior to week one. In week one, crazy things are going to happen. Would it be so crazy if Akers gets 25 carries against the 49ers and it looks pretty decent to me? No. So am I adding Kyron Williams? Yes, but I'm not blowing all of my fab to do so. At number two, Josh Kelly, Joshua Kelly of the LA Chargers going up against the Tennessee Titans this week in Tennessee. Rostered in 11.3% of ESPN leagues. Running back 11 on the week. 
prior to Monday Night Football, obviously. Week one up against the Miami Dolphins, Joshua Kelly looked really good. But for me, as a Dolphins fan, I don't know if it was that Joshua Kelly magically got better from last season to this season, or if the Miami Dolphins' rush defense couldn't even stop a fucking nosebleed, right? The Dolphins were getting pounded all night long by the run. They did pretty well at stopping Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, right? Those guys didn't really fly high and flourish like a lot of people thought that they would. But the running backs were just dicking everyone down, right? Kelly and Eckler formed an Eiffel Tower over the Dolphins' defense and was pounding them all night long. Now the Dolphins still won. Shout out to the Dolphins because Tua put on an un- a godlike performance. But Joshua Kelly looked good. But again, don't overreact to week one. Because while Joshua Kelly slayed John Snow style, the Dolphins defense, is that going to be a huge factor going forward? Now, week two against Tennessee, it will be the case, but I'm talking about against more tough defenses. I don't think this will necessarily be the case. Week one versus Miami, 16 rushes for 91 yards, 5.7 yards per carry and a touchdown. He also had one target. Now, Kelly and Eckler had the same amount of carries in this game, but I think that was really because Eckler was dealing with a foot-slash-ankle injury. Nothing has came out about the injury. He did come back into the game, so it doesn't appear to be something serious, but it could ramp down some of Eckler's workload going forward until he's fully healthy, and then they start ramping him back up to what we're used to. Again, Eckler's obviously the running back to start in LA, but Joshua Kelly might have some sneaky rushing upside that I didn't previously think he did, and maybe he's a sneaky start this week up against the Titans in a deeper league. At number three, Tyler Algier of the Atlanta Falcons going up against the Green Bay Packers, rostered in 43.6% of leagues on ESPN. So Tyler Algier did what I thought he would do this season in week number one. I talked about this a bunch when we talked about Tyler Algier late in fantasy football drafts. Bijan is going to be the guy. But since they run the ball so fucking much, they're going to have Bijan in the sideline with the air mask on his fucking face, looking like Bane. And then Algier's going to come in and get some carries. Now, did I expect Algier to have a top five performance in week one? Fuck no, baby. But is it really all that crazy against the Panthers? 15 carries for 75 yards, five yards per carry, and two touchdowns. Three receptions on three targets for 19 yards. Now, as the season prolongs, I think we're going to keep seeing more and more Bijan. Now, even with Algier having a good game, if you watch the tape, you watch the game, you're like, oh, wow, Bijan really was worthy of this upper echelon NFL draft pick. And wow, even though Arthur Smith has Kyle Pitts and Drizzy Drake London, they're just going to run the ball every single fucking play. Now, this might be different against the Packers, who as an offense are significantly better than the Panthers. At least that's what it looked like in week number one when the Green Bay Packers absolutely took the Chicago Bears out back and hit them with a lock and a sock. Ultimately, I think Tyler Algier is fine. People talking about how you can just start him every single week. To me, I think that's a little bit crazy. But, you know, if, if he crawls into the end zone any given game, you really shouldn't be all that shocked, especially again with just how much Arthur Smith loves to run run, run the ball gently down the stream. Next up, we got Kenneth Gainwell of the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Minnesota Vikings, rostered in 21.5% of ESPN leagues. Now, Kenneth Gainwell reeks of a Fugazi week one performance, right? Running back 23 in PPR, tied with Khalil Herbert, 14 carries for 54 yards and four receptions on four targets. Four for four like he was at Wendy's for 20 
yards. And the reason why I say this felt a little fugazi is because I think at some point this is going to be a three-headed backfield of Gainwell, Swift, and Penny. Now, Penny was scratched, so it was Gainwell, Swift, and Boston Scott in this game. Gainwell played 62% of the snaps, Swift 29%, and Boston Scott 12%. Now, entering into week one, I told all of you guys that we should not be starting any of these Philadelphia Eagles running backs. I said, this reeks of a three-headed backfield. This reeks of the running back you don't think should be getting the carries, which is Gainwell, overcoming Swift and getting more touches. Again, to kind of put a bow on the Kenneth Gainwell discussion here, I think Kenneth Gainwell is a good player. I think every single week, the reason why I really think this is Fugazi is every week it's going to be a different guy, right? Week one, if you started Gainwell for some obscene fucking reason, you felt great. But in week two, you go, you start Gainwell, and then magically Swift has 50% of the snaps and has the good game. And then you're like, okay, now it's Swift time. Week three, Rashad Penny is back, and he gets all the yards. Or Boston fucking Scott, right? It just feels like a scenario that you want to avoid. Now, if I had to start someone in week number two up against the piss-poor Vikings defense, sure, I'd go with Gainwell. But I don't feel like... Gain well. Like, I definitely would much rather just YOLO and play Kyron Williams, Joshua Kelly, or Tyler Algier over Kenneth Gainwell. And number five, we got Zach Moss of the Indianapolis Colts going up against the Houston Texans in Houston, rostered in 10.6% of leagues on ESPN. Now, Hull is banged up. Deion Jackson just kept turning the... Deion, turn of the ball over to his nickname, right? To really turn the ball over against the chargers though right everyone thought oh my god the dolphins are gonna get spanked well that's for a different video right because talking about the waivers but Deion jackson looked like shit he looked terrible zach moss is still banged up but if he gets the nod to go in week two with what Deion jackson did on sunday a crime against the indianapolis colts offense i think we see a lot of zach moss and i think a running back could be successful in the system like they really did try to run the ball It's just that the running backs back there just aren't the best. So maybe Zach Moss is the worst of the kind of dog shit that they have in Indy until maybe Jonathan Taylor shows back up. Honorable mentions, the Ravens guys, Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. They also call up Melvin Gordon. This seems like another scenario where it's a triple-headed backfield. Whichever one scores a touchdown, you'll be happy with. If I had to add any of them, I don't think it's Justice Hill or Melvin Gordon. I would go with the veteran in Gus Edwards. But... Again, it's kind of just going to be a a shit show, in my opinion. And then Roshan Johnson for the Chicago Bears looked pretty good in his first ever NFL action, even if the Bears' offense was uh, not so great. Moving now to the wide receiver position. If you guys have enjoyed thus far, make sure you hit that like button, hit that subscribe button down below. It helps me out a ton. Puka Nakua of the LA Rams going up against the 49ers, rostered in 2.5% of ESPN leagues. Now, he goes from going up against Seattle... The 49ers, which is scary. Puka Nakua, while I'm adding him, while I like him, let me tell you right now, this feels like one of those prime waiver wire ads where you are like, holy shit, look at this guy Puka, even though I told deeper drafts, you know, maybe you want to target Puka. Still available in two point, he's only owned in 2.5% of leagues on ESPN. This seems like, oh my gosh, he got 10 receptions, 15 targets, 119 yards against Seattle in Seattle. He was the wide receiver eight on the week prior to Monday Night Football. Oh my God, I need to add this guy. You add him. And I swear he gets like three receptions for 12 yards. That's what this feels like, especially against the Niners defense. 
Is that swaying me away from adding him? Because I just have this fucking, I'm like rubbing a crystal ball and I feel like that's what, what's going to happen. I'm still going to add him. But this is a classic receiver. Half of America, 99% of America has never heard of. Has huge week one. Everyone blows their fab on the guy. And then he reeks to high heaven the next week. People cut him. And then because he's playing the Niners, he has a shit game. Everyone's like, oh my god, what, what am I so dumb? They cut him. And then like in week three, he goes crazy again. Zay Jones at number two of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Going up against the Kansas City Chiefs at home in Jacksonville. Rostered in 29.8% of ESPN leagues. Now, in the first half of that game against the Indianapolis Colts, the Jacksonville Jaguars rolled the Indianapolis Colts like a blunt and were smoking them. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, touchdown Jesus himself, was just eviscerating, torching the defense. It was like he had a fucking flamethrower out there. He was looking cracked. He was looking insane. And then in the second half, things started to tamper down. Now, did he look terrible in the second half? I would say no. He still looked good, but... Based upon what he was doing in the first half, you would have thought that the guy would have thrown for four touchdowns or something crazy uh, in that game. Zay Jones was a guy I started talking about a lot in the late preseason. He's owned 29.8% of leagues right now on ESPN because of the reports and, you know, the actual preseason where Zay Jones was playing more snaps than Christian Kirk. And Christian Kirk was like a fifth-round pick. Zay Jones was essentially free. And then Zay Jones' ADP started rising like your cock in the morning. And then magically... People are still taking Kirk in like the fifth round. And I kept saying, hey, do I think Christian Kirk will be okay in the long run? Yes. I think there's gonna be some games where Kirk's disappointing. I think Zay Jones might be a safe late round pick with a lot of upside due to how good I think Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence are, how great I project this offense to be. Now, again, don't blow your load over week one. There's a chance that maybe the preseason and week one are Fugazi, right? Zay Jones, 89% of snaps, Ridley, 81%, Christian Kirk, 60%, right? Maybe that is just fake. It's never gonna happen again, right? But it's telling when it's the preseason. When there's talks about training camp, when you get to week fucking one, the real action, and Kirk says 60%, and Zay Jones gets the most snaps. Now, in a majority of games, I do think Calvin Ridley will outsnap Zay Jones, right? I don't think that will always be the case, but the fact that Zay Jones and Ridley are out there on the two receiver sets, and then Christian Kirk shows up, hello, and the when they bring out three wide receivers is telling. Wide receiver 17 in PPR on the week, prior to Monday Night Football, week one against the Colts in Indianapolis, five receptions on seven targets for 55 yards, and a touchdown. Now I know, Nick, oh my god, the Chiefs looked so bad against the Lions last week. I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game. You better believe it's going to be. You better believe Patrick Mahomes is going to come out with vengeance. Maybe Kadarius Tony, fucking who was doing Edward Scissor Hands, you know what I'm talking about? Or Edward 40 Hands when you attach some... 40s to your hands and you drink them all night long, right? It seems like Kadarius Tony had two 40s fucking duct taped to his hands because he couldn't catch the ball. So I expect the Chiefs to play better. I expect this to be a high-scoring affair, a rematch from the playoffs last season where Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, is screaming, fuck, on the sideline, takes a perk 30 and goes out there and finishes the game. Zay Jones was a great draft pick. It's looking like now again, Nick, don't overreact to week one, I know. I know I'm not trying to victory lap here, but still available in your league. Make sure you pick him up. At number three, Kendrick Bone of the New England Patriots going up against the Miami Dolphins, rostered in 2.3% of ESPN leagues. Now, as a Dolphins guy, I thought the Dolphins' defense was going to look stout, and I think they did against Herbert, but they got gashed in the run game. The Eagles have a good defense, and Kendrick Bourne looked fantastic. Wide receiver four in PPR on the week against Philly at home in New England on Tom Brady retirement night. Six, or whatever the fuck, Tom Brady day. Six receptions on 11 targets for 64 yards and two scores. 
I do honestly think even when Devontae Parker returns, Bourne could still maintain his role as the numero uno target in this offense. Patriot snaps, Kendrick Bourne, 91%. Kayshawn Booty, 68%. Juju, Corvette, Corvette, Mr. Explosive Knee, 63.75%. And Demario Douglas, 41.25%. Now, do I expect him to score two touchdowns against the Dolphins? No. No, I don't. The Patriots have yet to defeat Tua Tungavailoa when he's starting. But could he get 10-plus targets? Yeah. And as kind of like a wide receiver three flex-ish option, I think there's a lot worse options than Kendrick Bourne. Moving to wide receiver number four, Josh Reynolds of the Lions going up against the Seattle Seahawks, rostered in 0.4% of ESPN leagues. Wide receiver 28 PPR last week, four receptions on seven targets for 80 yards. Obviously, Amon Ron, Amon Ron. Amon Ra, St. Brown, the sun god, looked downright tremendous. He had the Kansas City Chiefs number. The guy was going ballistic. Bananas, huge game from him. And he was just, he was basically humping the air when he scored that touchdown. I don't know if anyone else saw it. It was like that Key and Peel sketch. But they didn't, for some reason, they didn't um, flag him. Pretty sick, though. I like the celebration. I love Amon Ra, St. Brown. But until Jamison Williams returns, it would appear to me that Josh Reynolds is the number two target on this team. Josh Reynolds goes way back with the Goffinator all the way to his days in the LA Rams with Sean McVay. So Reynolds appears to be the number two guy. Marvin Jones couldn't catch a fucking common cold. So I think Josh Reynolds could be in for a solid next couple of games. Again, am I really throwing him out there week two against Seattle? I mean, if I had to, yes. But I think he's just a waiver wire add, a nice bench piece that could be useful going forward. And, you know, Jameson Williams continues to struggle like he did in preseason and in training camp. We could see a, a potential huge season out of Josh Reynolds. Closing out the waiver wire ads before we get to the honorable mentions, Allen Robinson II of the Pittsburgh Steelers going up against the Cleveland Browns, rostered in 1.7% of ESPN leagues. But before we hear about Allen Robinson and then the quarterbacks and tight ends that you guys need to add off the waiver wire, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play Pick'em Fantasy Football in the universe. And they have a great offer for you guys tonight on Monday Night Football. Aaron Rodgers higher than half of a total yard. You just have to match that with at least one other pick. For instance, we will do Josh Allen higher than 36 and a half rushing yards. If we put in $10, we would get out three times our entry fee. If you want to add more picks to this, if you do three picks, you get six times. Four picks, you get 10 times. If you do five picks, you get 20 times your entry entry fee. If you guys are new to Underdog Fantasy and want to take part in this, please use promo code NOTORIOUS for a first match deposit bonus of up to $100. You deposit $100, they give an additional $100, you do $50, they give an additional $50, $25, additional $25. The minimum deposit on Underdog is $10. It is available on all the states that are on your screen right now, and if you have a gambling problem, please make sure that you guys call 1-800-GAMBLER. We are back, 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 back. Allen Robinson, shout out to Underdog, Allen Robinson the second. Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Browns on Monday night. We got a double header on Monday night for some reason, right? Who doesn't love watching two games at once on Monday night? I actually like it now that I have purchased a second television for my room. But if I was a one TV guy or gal, it would be kind of frustrating, right? Because there's no red zone for this, right? You just got to keep flipping back and forth. This occurred last year as well when they were playing at the same time, and it was kind of annoying. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Like, do you like it? Do you hate it? I kind of like it, but... I think the opinions are going to be different from each person. So the reason why I like Allen Robinson is because I think Deontay is going to miss time. That injury did seem kind of serious. I don't think it's like season ending, 
But it seems like definitely going to miss this game, I would think, and then maybe a couple games after that. If that's the case, Al Robinson would be the number two behind Pickens, and he might even be the number one in this offense. And he looked good. Like, last year on, on the Rams, Robinson, it was just it was just so bad, right? I talked myself into Al Robinson, number two with Cooper Cup. Oh, my God, wet dream, and the guy fucking sucked, right? He was terrible. Downright tremendous. And some people be like, Nick, I can't add Allen Robinson because he screwed me over last year. Just don't even think about it. Just pick him up. Just add him, right? If you add Deontay Johnson, he's the perfect replacement. Five receptions on eight targets for 64 yards. Do I expect him to finish as like a top 12 receiver against the Browns? No. But could he somehow be like the wide receiver 23 on the week? That wouldn't really be all that that surprising. The Steelers shit the bed against the 49ers. Like, they looked atrocious. They just did not look ready. He wasn't ready! So I think that in week number two, they look a lot stronger. Honorable mentions, Jacoby Myers, Las Vegas Raiders going up against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. We've yet to see the Bills. I think they'll look all right against the Jets. I would think they would win, but you never know. It is an AFC East division rivalry matchup. Anything could go. Um, Jacoby Myers looked incredible. He was amazing. It was like shocking how good he looked. I thought that it was like, why would you ever draft Jacoby Myers? Adams is the guy playing second fiddle. Sure, you can get like nine points out of him every game, but he's never going to pop off and get like some crazy amount of points. And then he does, does that in week one, like instant karma for me, right? Instantly week one, he just slaps me right in the fucking face, Will Smith style. And I felt like an idiot, but Jacoby Myers owned in a lot of leagues. So he's an honorable mention. But that's just in like 10 team leagues, right? It's going to be hard to get Jacoby Myers. Same with my other guy, Nico Collins. Just getting force-fed the rock in this Texans offense. Did the Texans offense look great? No, no, they didn't. But they're going to keep building on things. They're going up against the Colts. There's going to be a rookie versus rookie matchup. Wookie versus Wookie like Chewbacca. I love Nico Collins going forward. Moving now to the quarterback position. We got big cock Brock of the 49ers going up against the LA Rams rostered in 24.5% of ESPN leagues. Interesting enough, Brock Purdy's brother got in at quarterback against Neon Dion, primetime Dion's Colorado. Uh, he's back up on Nebraska because <laughs> that was a disaster of a game for Nebraska. And Oh my God, everyone's such an idiot for betting on Colorado. I know not everyone here is an NCAA football guy. I'm not either, but I always bet on Colorado because of Dion. What a bunch of idiots, right? Oh, you can't bet on Colorado against Nebraska. They fucking slaughtered them. Took them out back. All right, big cock Brock up against the Rams. Quarterback nine on the week last week against the Steelers. Nothing special, right? He didn't go nuclear. He made Ayuk look like fucking Randy Moss, though. Rostered in 24.5% of leagues. Week one in Pittsburgh in the terrible towel. 19 completions on 29 attempts for 220 yards and two touchdowns. Three rushes for 20 yards again. He didn't look crazy. He made some really good throws to Ayuk. Like one of those touchdowns, the toe tap from Ayuk was great. So Hardy is exactly what I thought he was going to be. I've been a big Purdy guy all offseason. I said, hey, if you take Purdy, I'm probably taking two quarterbacks, but I think Purdy is going to be fine. Like, he could clearly finish as a top 10 quarterback. He looked really good last year. The fact that the team got rid of Trey Lance even further solidified my opinion, right? Shipping him to Dallas. I turned off the game last night, or I was I had the game on, but I was really barely paying attention, right? When a team gets 40-0 skunked, when you just get smacked like that, like, it's hard to keep watching the game. And even as a football guy, right that would do unforeseeable things to see a football game in the nfl in like may after i watched the dolphins and chargers go toe-to-toe fucking May- mayweather versus pacquiao rights or nate diaz conor mcgregor and then and then sunday night football is just a beat down and it's like oh my god like i don't even think trey lance got in the game but he he could have because of how bad that game was like 
Again, I, I think Brock Purdy is going to be just fine every single week. The Rams match up. The Rams looked way better than I thought they would. I don't expect this to really be like some shootout or something. But Purdy's got the weapons. He's going to be just fine. He has the clear number one quarterback role. It's not like Mono Man Sam is going to hit him with an RKO from out of nowhere and take his spot. So Brock Purdy this week could easily be top 12. Derek Carr of the formerly of the Las Vegas Raiders, now of the New Orleans Saints at Carolina. I talked about this in a couple of last week's videos. I remember Tom's first game was against New Orleans. When he went from the Patriots to the Bucks, and it was so weird. Like, oh, you see, you sure you see it in training camp, but seeing it like in the real game was weird. Now I know Derek Carr, Tom Brady, they're in two different stratospheres, but it was still crazy to see. Like, I'm so used to him in the all black, Derek Carr, Raiders. Now he's in New Orleans. Like, it's just weird to see. My man, slant man, Michael Thomas, looking good. I told all y'all now I know. Nick, uh, Nick, don't victory lap. Michael Thomas, he's going to get hurt tying his shoes next week. Yeah, so I'm not going to do that. I was about to do it, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it, but I it was looking good. Michael Thomas looking good. Offense looked good. Derek Carr looked pretty decent. But again, that was a game where if you didn't watch the game, or if you're like barely paying attention to the game, so I have two screens, one red zone, one of, of quad box of whatever the four games that I want to watch are. I was watching the Saints game, wanted to see how Michael Thomas looked, Jamal Williams, who was trash. <laughs> I wanted to see what this game looked like. And I was like barely looking up. Dude, it was like, it wasn't even a game. Like the Titans just kept turning the ball over. Like nothing was happening. Derek Carr was the quarterback, 15, 23 completions on 33 attempts for a touchdown and a pick, three rushes for four yards. I think this might've been a product of your own game environment, right? The game was shit, so Carr was shit. Nothing was happening. Carr didn't need to go nuclear step up to win. So that's just how the game went. Okay game. I think he plays stronger here against the Panthers in Carolina. The Panthers just got mollywopped by the Atlanta Falcons. Sorry, Ron, to my boy Ron, who's a Carolina Panthers fan. 28.1% owned for Derek Carr. Do I expect anything special world-beating out of Derek Carr this week? No. But if you're pressed for a quarterback, I think there's worse options than Derek Carr. I mean, the quarterbacks were just flipped on their head last week. Mac Jones was, I think, the QB 2. Jordan Love, QB 3. Tua, my boy, QB 1, right? So, like, I know, oh, my God, Nick, Aaron Rodgers is going to pass him or Josh Allen. You get what I mean, right? The quarterbacks were just, like, all the good guys, like, oh, oh my God, Nick, Lamar's going to go crazy against the Texans. Nope. Joe Burrow literally looked like he couldn't fucking read a defense worth anything. He was terrible, right? All these good quarterback Jalen Hurts didn't have a good game, right? There was a lot of shit happening in week one, and that's something that I talked about a lot entering into week one again. Don't overreact to week one. These crazy good players are going to play bad. Now, I didn't expect Lamar to play that bad, but it is what it is. Uh, Jordan, love me tender. Love me sweet. Quarterback of the Green Bay Packers at the Atlanta Falcons. Rostered in 15.8% of ESPN leagues, which honestly shocked me. Not because I think Jordan Love is some type of garbage can, but because it seemed like all summer long, all summer long, when I was talking about Jordan Love, everyone and their mother was so scared of him. So I was kind of shocked that his ownership was that high. Quarterback three on the week, week one up against the Chicago, Chicago Bears in Chicago. 15 completions on 27 attempts for 245 yards and three tugs, three rushes for 12 yards. I hope Aaron Jones is good to go for this next week's game. They were up, so I don't think they really wanted to chance Aaron Jones back in the game. Like, if this was, like, the playoffs or something, like the NFC Championship, I think we would have seen Aaron Jones, like, wobble his way out there, get the fucking 
cane out there or ride out there on a wheelchair like fucking Honey Boo Boo's fat ass mom and drive up the fucking thing. So Jordan Love, good game. Now, that was without Christian Watson again. Aaron Jones looked like prime fucking Barry Sanders. I loved Aaron Jones all offseason. I talked about how the crazy upside he has now he's hurt, which is scary. So it's not great, right? But Jordan Love looked good. Can he look good against the Falcons defense? I think so. I think if the Falcons were going up against a solid offense, they probably would have gotten cream pied last week. So great game out of Jordan Love. Is he going to be the quarterback three this week? Probably not. I think that would be crazy. But could he finish inside the top 12 against Atlanta? I, I think so. Moving now to the final position here, tight end. Now the tight ends were a disaster as well. Kelsey doesn't play. Andrews doesn't play. The tight end number one, all right, the tight end number two was Hayden Hurst, right? There was not great quarterback or tight end play. Now, maybe like Dalton Kincaid just smashes or Tyler Conklin or something. But even then, those are guys that no one was really hyped up about, right? The regular tight ends that everyone liked didn't have good games or were hurt. Aiden Hurst, Carolina Panthers going up against the Saints, rostered in 4.8% of leagues. Tight end two on the week. Week one up against the Falcons. Five receptions on seven targets for 41 yards and a touchdown. This man caught... Oh my gosh, I almost just forgot his name for a second. Bryce Young's first ever NFL touchdown. Fucking yoinked that thing out of there i assume they had to go get the ball or something pay that fan fucking five racks to go get the ball and uh yeah Aiden Hurst looked good we know young quarterbacks like the safety net of the tight end Aiden Hurst was a big benefactor of that i think as the season unfolds we see a carolina panthers receiver one of these guys really step up as the guy uh week one Hurst looked good the panthers offense was all right uh some Rookie mistakes clearly made by Bryce Young. Like, that one interception, it's just like there's no reason to throw that. But it is what it is, right? He's a rookie. I'm not saying that the guy's fucking Stevie Wonder out there. Aiden Hurst, he's a fine pickup. Again, I expect, you know, week one, the tight ends you never heard of are great. I think in week number two, or not that you've never heard of Hayden Hurst. Everyone knows who Hayden Hurst is. But, like, tight ends no one gives a shit about do great. I think in week two, like, Kelsey's going to drop, like, a 40 bomb or something if he's healthy, or, like, Mark Andrews or something like that. Uh, number two, Sam Laporta of the Lions going up against the Seahawks, rostered in 34.3% of leagues. Tight end eight on the week, five receptions on five targets for 39 yards. Week one up against the Chiefs in Kansas City. He looked good. Seems like he's involved in this Lions offense. The Lions offense was good. I think a lot of people were probably shocked by that because all summer long, another thing, I talked about the Lions. Everyone's like, the Lions are fugazi. It's a wazzy, it's a woozy. They're not going to be good. And then they beat the Chiefs in week one. Again, don't blow your load to week one, but I think this Lions offense is going to be good. So many positive reports out of camp for Laporta. He shows up week one, has a decent game. Is he a world beater? No, but could he be in week two as the season prolongs? I think so. To close things out, we got another rookie, Luke Musgrave. Luke Musgrave, running back. Tight end. <laughs> Luke Musgrave, tight end of the Green Bay Packers. Going up against the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta, rostered in 8.5% of ESPN leagues. If you guys notice, I don't cut a lot out of these videos. Um, if I start like coughing or like I fucking burp for some reason or I shit my pants, then sure, maybe there'll be a cut. But most of the time, or if I need to drink a water, I just keep things in. I think it feels a little bit more organic. There's some videos I watch where people are just cutting everything. Every five seconds, there's a cut, and it hurts my brain. So I don't do that. Like, I, if I say something wrong, I'll just be like, oh, didn't mean to say that. Go back. Maybe it's not as professional as cutting it, but I think it seems more real, right? This is very real YouTube videos, right? I'm <laughs> just talking off the stats and off of my genuine feelings about how things are going to go. So Luke Musgrave. Green Bay Packers got up against the Falcons in hot Atlanta. Rostered in 8.5% ESPN leagues, tight end 13 on the week in PPR. Three receptions on four targets for 50 yards. 
think things could get better for Musgrave. I think with Christian Watson back, the offense is going to be humming a little bit more. I hope Watson's back for Jordan Love's sake in week number two and for my sake as well as someone who was highly touting Christian Watson. We'll see. Um, if I'm being honest with you, like, while I want him back for my fantasy team, don't rush him back, though, like, as if the Packers hear this, but, like, in my opinion, I don't want them to rush him back because you don't want him to just somehow re-injure himself and be out for, like, a serious amount of time. Like, if he misses two, three games, sure, it fucking sucks at the beginning of the year, especially where you drafted him. But in the long run, it's better for your fantasy team, right? Sure, he might be... It might suck not to have him, but it would suck way more not to have Watson in week 17 of your championship than it does in week two, okay? So, Musgrave, I think if Watson comes back, adds more to the offense. Musgrave looked good, been playing a lot of snaps in the preseason, played a lot of snaps in week number one against the Chicago Bears. And again, this Falcons defense could be exploitable. So, if you have to play Musgrave, you can. So thank you guys all so much for watching. If you did end up enjoying, let me know what you guys thought in the comments section and let me know who's winning tonight. Jets versus the Buffalo Bills. I love you guys all so much. I hope you all have a great one. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and click on one of the videos on your screen if you have not seen them. I love you guys all so much. Have a great one. As always, hit that like button. Good boy!